Well, this morning, uh, welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. We are beginning a brand new series this morning called Sick of It. So this morning, let me, let me just ask you, I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to single you out or embarrass you. I just simply want to know how many of you within the past 12 months have gotten to the place at some point in your life, at some point during this past year, where you have thought, I am just sick of it. And just raise your hand. I, I want to see. Do I have some friends in here? We have some folks who have been sick of it. In fact, you may be sitting beside... No, no, no. I'm just joking. No, surely not. Certainly not. You're not sick of that person. But do we just get to that place in our life sometime where we just say, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of what's happening at work, or I'm sick of what's happening at home. I'm sick of fighting. I'm sick of not having money. I'm sick of being sick of it. I'm just sick of it all. We all have those moments. Let's hit pause for just a moment, because I want to go back to the ninth grade. I, when, when I was a freshman in high school, um, it's easy to think that I didn't have much power in choice and power of of over the things happening in my life, blah, 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 blah. The reality is, it may have felt like I didn't have a lot of power or control. The reality is, I really did have a great deal of power and control over my life. That is the reality. I really did. I could, at the very least, I could choose my outcome related to, to whatever choices I wanted to make. I could choose the outcome. Here's an example. You know, I, I could make a choice with my behavior, what I decided to do, and in making that choice with that specific behavior, then I'm also making another choice. I'm making a choice for that consequence. If I choose this behavior, I'm also choosing this consequence. Sometimes we have a tendency to think, oh yeah, I'll choose the behavior, and then the consequence, well, that just happens to me. Well, the reality is, if I choose the behavior, I'm also choosing the consequence. Like that time sitting in my freshman civics class. I don't know about you, but all the civics classes at J.A. Fair and Little Rock were taught by coaches. I also don't know about you. I can't speak for any coach you had as a teacher. All the coaches, for me personally, that I had as a teacher, they really didn't want to teach much. They were just ready for the last bell to ring so they could get out there with, with their program. And so... I made some choices in that class based upon what I thought was kind of, you know, we all have that. Uh, we have some, uh, some officers here with us this morning. We just have to be honest. We all recognize that there's that allowable uh, speed limit, you know. There's the speed limit, and then there's that allowable. that we're at. But if you go past the allowable, you're choosing the consequences, right? Well, sitting in this class... I thought I was operating, oh, maybe on the allowable scale of decency for a student. Turns out that shooting spitballs in the middle of civics is not part of the allowable decency. And so, you know, about four or five of us who, you know, we were at tables and shooting them across the room, we, you know... So we got caught, obviously. He saw us. He was frustrated that day. And so 
We chose the behavior, and therefore we chose the consequence. Now, I know you, if you are under the age of uh, 25 or so, you have no idea what this is from a standpoint of the Board of Education. Uh, you know, the, this is the school board. As far as we were concerned, there was no, uh, we, had, we knew nothing of a body of people who made decisions. This was the school board. And we were taught from a very young age, at, at kindergarten to be specific, that the principal had an electric version of this, the electric paddle. None of us ever saw it because the last kid who saw it was dead immediately. And so we were afraid. But this is the Board of Education. You notice this one's been fractured um, upon my behind, which is, which is why I got to keep it. So my signature's on there. And, uh, yeah, I chose the consequence. I, I mean, I, I didn't have to argue. I didn't have to. I knew when I chose that stupid, idiotic behavior of shooting spitballs in class while it was going on, while the coach was try, trying to teach, I was choosing the consequence. I had power whether I felt like I did or not. Now today, I am clearly asking you to do something today before you leave here and during this week. I'm asking you to name it, and I'm asking you to claim it. <laughs> Maybe you've heard that term before. So I'm not talking about what you hear on TV, where you're going to name it and you're going to claim it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something completely different. We're talking about something very, very different. Whatever has you sick of it, whatever has you exhausted, we're asking you to admit it, and we're asking you to own it this week and to keep owning it, or it will keep owning you if you don't. And we're asking you to be very, very, very specific because you have to be precise you have to call it out, whatever it is, in your life before you can cut it out of your life. And that's what we're asking you to do this week. But that's not our preference. I mean, if you're anything like me, what do we do? We don't want to name it and claim it. We don't want to call it out so we can cut it out. We don't want to do any of that. If you're anything like me, what do we want to do? We want to manage our image that's what we try to do. Manage what everybody sees and what they think about us. That's what we want to do, even if we're sick of it, even if we have problems and struggles. We just want to manage our image and what people say. We're kind of like this picture here McKinley's going to put on the screen. We're just going to manage our image. Yeah, uh, everything's okay. <laughs> I I'm just taking an elongated rest. I know, I've been here three days. <laughs> I was really tired. What's the next one, McKinley? I can't even remember. Oh, there we go. Yeah, everything's okay. I'm just going to get a little sun. No problems here. Nuh-uh. No, just need some sun. Here's what we have a tendency to do. We want everyone to know 
whether it is or not, we want them to look at us and think that everything's okay with us, that I can handle it, that this is not too bad. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. I've got this. I will be all right. That's how we manage our image. What else do we do? Well, if you're anything like me, we make excuses. We make excuses. There are, there are reasons why. So here we go. Did you, did you, did you, did you see what the cat did? <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't me at all. Or look at this next one. I love this kid. He's blaming it on the dog. I don't know how he got the marker, Mom. I have no idea. But isn't he a good artist? It kind of looks like a dragon claw. We like to take whatever is happening in our lives, behavior and consequence, and we like to take the consequence... And we like to point to somebody else. That's our tendency. We, we, we like to say, I, I, I'm so tired that I'm the one that always has to do this. They never do that. They never do their part. They never do their share. If they would only do this, then I would have done something differently. I never would have done this had they done their part. If they wouldn't have done what they did, then I wouldn't have done what I did. It's their fault. You see, there's always a reason. There's always a reason, and we can always point to something else and say, that's why I'm sick of it, that's why I'm frustrated, that's why I hate this. It's not my fault. Read my lips. Not my fault. If you're anything like me, we like to manage our image. We like to make excuses. And all that does is it leaves us stuck in the middle of being sick of it. But today, here's what we're saying. We're saying today, let's get real. Whatever it is, it is actually happening Whatever that is for you, it is actually happening. And so let's take that and let's deal with it. Let's stop managing our images. Let's stop making people think that things are great. Let's stop making excuses. Let's stop blaming other people. Let's stop. And I believe that God gives us a plan how to do that. He gives us a plan to kind of get unstuck. And he gives us this plan through a man by the name of Solomon. Now, at the point in his life when Solomon wrote these things, Solomon was the wisest man on the entire earth. Solomon. And that wisdom, God tells us, was given to Solomon directly by God himself. Now, every single one of us, even today, thousands of years after Solomon wrote this, every single one of us fall into one of the categories that Solomon describes. 
you're going to hear Solomon talk about people who are simple. He sometimes uses the word gullible. Sometimes he just uses the word young. Some of us are simple, gullible, and young. Now, don't be offended by that. All Solomon is really meaning here is that this person who is uh, simple, gullible, and young, they're just young. They are just inexperienced. And every single one of us, we all go through that stage of life where we are, we, or we're just inexperienced. Every single one of us go. Now, when Solomon talks about this, when he was writing, he was probably thinking from birth to possibly 17 years old, maybe even all the way up to 30 years old. It's basically from birth until that culture would see that person as an elder. From birth until you're an elder, whatever age that was, and it kind of varied somewhere between 17 and 30. I know that's a big range. But Solomon said that person is just inexperienced. Now Solomon also describes another type of person, and he calls this person a wise person. Solomon says they have come to the point in their life where they want to seek that wisdom. And they're going to make sure they find that wisdom and they acquire that wisdom, he describes this person as wise. Now, Solomon has another couple of options for us. So maybe you say, well, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm the inexperienced. And you say, I'm not quite sure I'm the wise. Well, he's got a couple more. <laughs> you may not like these two, but he's got two more. He calls one the fool, and, and, and the fool is a person who just ignores wisdom. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. They just ignore it. But then he describes another person. He calls them the mocker. And the mocker really is the person who just makes fun of wisdom. They don't ignore it. They point it out and make fun of it. That's the mocker. Now Solomon says, basically, we all fall into one of these categories. Clearly, he says, we are living under one of those descriptions. And then Solomon also talks about this thing called knowledge. And he kind of describes that word knowledge as a very critical connection where uh, something that you make inside of your thinking and inside of your understanding, it's a connection between the cause and the consequence. It's a connection also between the cause and the benefit. The cause and the consequence, the action and the result. He said that is a special form of understanding and he kind of calls that knowledge. Now let's take a look. Um, if you are sick of it in any way in your life, in any area of your life. And if you are willing, then let's learn. Let's learn from Solomon. Here we go. We're going to look in Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to kind of do a survey of this chapter this morning. We're going to run through several different verses out of chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 5 and 6. Here we go. Here's what Solomon says. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. So there's that first type of person. 
Let those with understanding receive guidance. It's important he says that word receive there. That's the way it's been translated. But a better understanding of that word, because it's not like, let me receive this, like it's like I'm holding my hands out and it's going to land in my hands. It's going to just, wisdom's just going to jump out and jump on me. That's not the picture he's creating. The mental picture he's creating with the words he chose in Hebrew, it's a word that literally means go out now from where you are and go purchase that. Receive it. Go purchase it. Whatever you have to do, go buy it. Even if you have to go buy the wisdom, purchase the wisdom, go out and take it. That's what he's saying. Get up. And go get that wisdom. It's there. Go grab it. That's what Solomon's saying. Now, verse 6. He says, uh, receive, go get that guidance by exploring the meaning. And literally there, the word is study. So don't just kind of peruse it like you look at a magazine in the doctor's office. No, no, no. He says, study it. Dig in with both hands. Just rip all the truth out of there. Grab all you can get. He says, by exploring, studying in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles. Solomon is saying, listen, it is there. He said, I I know you may be sick of it in this life, but it is there. If you are willing to learn, that is good. But you can't stop with just learning. You see, what we would rather do is we would rather just kind of analyze it. Let me just think about this wisdom thing. And we just want to look at it and look at it and look at it. And maybe then some of us want to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And perhaps we want to discuss it and discuss it and discuss it. Think about it. Oh, I'm thinking about that wisdom. Oh, that makes so much sense. And we see it on Facebook. Oh, that's a really good picture. I love that meme. Lots of wisdom in that. And we want to think about it and think about it. But Solomon's saying you have to be willing to learn. But that's not the stopping place. That's not the stopping place. You know what? It has been said to know and not do is to not really know. Solomon is saying you have to learn and do. You have to learn and do. He goes on in verse 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools, there's that first group here we're seeing now. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Solomon uses the word fear here. And that means it's kind of a shrinking back because God is so holy. But at the very same time you're shrinking back, you then draw closer to God. So it's shrinking back, but then you draw closer to worship him because you are in awe of that holiness. So you shrink back because he's so holy, and then you draw closer because you're in awe. That's what that word fear means. It's not this life-shaking dread. It's a beautiful combination of reluctance and adoration 
And the result of that is a willingness to do what God says. That's the result. And this is absolutely necessary. If we are even going to begin on the right foot, stepping out, it's absolutely necessary as we begin living, worshiping, and following Jesus. He goes on now, verse 10. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. He's very clear. Solomon says, do not be willing. Do not follow them. Do not consent. Do not say yes. Don't just go along with whatever it is. Instead, he says, you need to respond. And your response needs to be that you turn around and you go the other way. That's another word for repent. You see that this is wrong. This is not right. So you turn around and you go the other way. You repent. You change directions. Solomon is letting us know here there is a very clear path, a very clear choice that has to be made. And each path that you choose, I could make this decision right here. That path has a direction. It is a path that leads somewhere. It's going back that way. That path has a destination. Or I could choose this path. And this path has a clear direction, a destination at the end. It's going somewhere. Or I could choose this path, a very clear destination. And you know what Solomon is saying? There's a link there, that's knowledge, to connect the fact that this path is not just what I'm doing here, it's leading somewhere, there's a destination. So it's linking my behavior, my decision, with the consequence or the benefit. He's linking those together. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. He's saying, run the other way. Now, in this moment, as Solomon's talking, he's only mentioning two paths. There's only two paths. And he's saying, you must choose. It's a clear decision. One path or the other path. He's saying, follow the path of wisdom or follow the path of of foolishness. Two paths, one choice. Life or death. He does not give us a third option. There's not a middle path that's like, well, it's not the best, but it's also not the worst. No, he's given us two options. Life or death. One path. Their philosophy, if you follow the, the, the people he was just talking about, when, it, when he says, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. That path, that path, those, those people on that path, their philosophy of life, if they were to state their philosophy of life, it would say this. I'm going to love wealth, and I'm going to use people. I'm going to love wealth and what I can get, and I'm going to use people to get it. But that's not the path of life. That's the path of death. If Solomon would say the path of life, here's the path of life. It's God's path. 
If you follow God, it's God's path. God's philosophy of life is to love people and to use wealth to help others. Love people and to use wealth to help others. He goes on in verse 15 now. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths, that path of death. The path that says I love wealth and I'm going to use people to get more of it. Again, now, this word that Solomon is using here for the word path, it's not really the place where you place your foot. That's not what he's talking about. That's not the image. It's not that spot where your foot goes down. It's a much deeper, a much bigger meaning than that. This word is focusing on the journey. It's where the path is going to lead. It's that destination at the end. And here's what we can understand about how Solomon is describing this. The journey, you're on a path. It's not that one choice that's going to ruin your life. It's that path. That journey on that path. Think about this as Solomon describes this. That path is a clear road. To a very specific place. It's not just a sightseeing trail. It's not just a little trip through the woods to see the waterfall at the end. It is a very specific place. That path is there for a reason. It is beaten down and easy to walk for a reason. There's been a lot of people on it. It's going somewhere very specific. That path is going somewhere. Here's the second thing. Your current character of who you are pushes you onto that road. The person that you are right now at this moment is pushing you onto that road that has that destination, that specific destination. Here's the third thing. Your choices... And your behavior, which we also choose. So your choices and your choice of behavior clearly reveal that you belong on the road that you have chosen. Let me say that again. Your character that you have right now pushes you onto that road. And the choices that you continue to make on that path reveal that right now in your life, that's where you belong. You have chosen that path. It did not choose you. You have chosen that path. Now, here's the next thing that Solomon, this visual image that Solomon's trying to portray with that one word path. Those choices... And those choices are made over and over and over again. It's like sometimes it's the same choice, just different people involved, right? It just seems like the same thing. We're choosing the same thing over and over and over again. Those choices that we choose over and over again become a lifestyle that then keeps you on that road, headed for that very specific destination. Let me say that again. So once you're on that path, 
making those similar choices over and over and over again. We keep getting sick of it, don't we? But we just get sick of it at a different job and with different people, right? But we're still just sick of it. It's the same path. We're making the same or similar choices over and over and over again. Maybe it's just a different person this time. Maybe it's just a different date. Maybe it's just a different uh, you know, friend. Maybe it's just a different... But same choices over and over again. And that becomes a lifestyle that then keeps us on that path. Headed directly for every single consequence that's there. And it keeps whacking us upside the head or whacking us against the backside. And we may break the paddle, but it's breaking us. But it's a lifestyle and we seem stuck. Okay, now let's go back to Solomon. Now the voice in this uh, passage that Solomon is writing changes. So in the beginning, it was Solomon, the dad, talking to his child. Now the voice changes from a wise father to the voice of wisdom itself. So now the voice we're listening to is Solomon writing as if he were wisdom speaking himself. Here we go. In verse 23, wisdom says, if you respond to my warning, in other words, it's not too late. If you will respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. So if you will respond, here we are to this word again. The word in Hebrew, it it literally means if you will turn around. When you hear this warning, if you will turn around, if you will repent, if you will change directions... If you will realize that you've chosen the wrong path, but now you can turn around and change directions. Look at what he says in verse 22. Wisdom speaking again. How long will you simpletons... Oh, here's a new word for us, simpletons. How long will you simpletons... How how long will you insist... On being simple-minded. How long will you mockers? There's a new one. Mockers. How long will you relish mocking? How long will will you fools? There's that other one. He's lumping a lot here together. How long will you fools hate knowledge? You know what Solomon is saying? He's saying, listen, friend. You... You should have chosen the right path by now, by this time in your life. At your age, where you are right now in your life, he's saying you should have by now chosen the right path. But for some reason, Solomon says, speaking as wisdom, for some reason, you you didn't. And, And this whole path thing is progressive. Notice how when he starts, he's talking about being simple-minded, the simpletons. In other words, that is just the inexperienced. And it moves from being inexperienced, it's progressive. It doesn't just stay there. It moves into being a fool. It moves into being a mocker. It doesn't just stay with being experienced. The longer you stay on that path, it gets worse. We get worse. I get worse the longer I stay on that path. 
It's progressive. I get sick of it in a bigger way, in a more devastating way. The longer I'm on that path, the more the consequences impact the rest of my life. I get sick of that. I get sick of the results. And ultimately, I end up getting sick of life. He goes on in verse 24, speaking his wisdom still. He said, I called to you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You know, did you catch what Solomon is saying here? He's saying that wisdom is offered to absolutely everyone. But not everyone listens. Verse 25. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. He said, you ignored me. You rejected it. In that moment that you went ahead and made the same choice over and over and over again, of the two paths that you should go down, and you made that choice down that path, that moment that you chose that action, you chose the consequence. And now wisdom is watching and waiting for and seeing the results of that choice that we made. He goes on, verse 26. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. And that sounds so horrible. But remember here, Solomon is not speaking as God. That's not God laughing at us when things go wrong. That's not God. He's speaking as this whole realm of truth called wisdom, which is not really a person, but in giving it a voice, he makes it sound like it's a person. And it's not God laughing at us. This is wisdom. It's wisdom... Not laughing at the disaster that we experience. Not laughing at the consequence that happens in our lives. No, 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 no. It's kind of like, just imagine this. It's wisdom, not a real person. It's just this overarching rule of truth and wisdom. It's wisdom kind of throwing its head back and laughing and saying, See, yeah, I told you. Good ultimately triumphs over evil. Right over wrong. That's what wisdom is saying there. And then wisdom goes on. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. Now this is kind of a shocker. Uh, it's kind of shocking to hear. But remember, this is not God mocking us. This is just, this is wisdom. How It's like gravity. <laughs> it's there. It's real. Wisdom is there. It's from God. It's gravity. It's almost like an intellectual law. Like gravity is a physical law. If you decide there's no gravity, and you climb up on the top of our roof, and you say, there's no gravity, and you say, I'm going to jump. I'll show you. Then gravity is going to throw its head back and say, I told you. I'm not going anywhere. That's what's happening with wisdom in this moment. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. Now the truth of this is sharp, but it's accurate. Truth, wisdom has an edge. Wisdom does not get dull. It, it, it does not get soft. 
just to make your life easier. Wisdom does not bend and say, oh, we're going to give you grace on that one. It is sharp. It is firm. It is precise. And this is wisdom trying to shock you into listening so that you will wake up and you will follow wisdom. And our wisdom goes on saying that you will eventually get sick of that path, of that wrong path. Verse 27, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and, and anguish and distress overwhelm you, Solomon is saying at some point when, when the threatened judgment that you know is coming based upon what you have chosen to do, when that threatened judgment is on its way and it is about to fall, at that moment it will be too late to respond. Wisdom says at a certain point, on that path, in this journey, along that path, he says, look what will happen. Once you've gone down that path a certain ways, verse 28, when they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously now search for me, they will not find me. In other words, this is so powerful. Listen, in other words... We can't keep saying, oh, listen, I'm going to worry about that later. I'll do better later. I'm not ready yet. I've got some life to live, some things I want to do. I'm not ready yet. I'll do that later. I'll do better later. I'll choose a better path later. I will do that later. You see, wisdom is saying, I'm not just going to hang around there like room service. Just waiting on you to pick up the phone and call down to the kitchen. I'm not just going to wait around for you until you're ready to decide to place your order for wisdom. Solomon is saying, with enough rejections, you give up wisdom completely. Now listen to me, students, as I almost fell backwards... Students, your parents and your grandparents are shaking in their boots if you are down that wrong path right now. And here's why. Because they know the truth of this verse. That there comes a point in your life where you have said no to God so many times that you will never, ever, ever hear Him again. And your parents are scared to death and your grandparents are scared to death that that's where you're heading. Adult children your parents too. Solomon is saying, with enough rejections of wisdom, you will eventually give it up completely. Even if you change your mind later. That's sobering. 
So wisdom is telling us that I will offer myself to everyone, but not forever. Why? Verse 29. For they hated knowledge. What did we say knowledge was? The understanding of the connection between my behavior and the consequence. For they hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. Now listen to what Solomon just said here. Right here in this one sentence, Solomon has connected two things. Submission to wisdom is connected directly and equated with submission to God. And Solomon gives us a look at the end of the path, the end of the chosen road, the end of the destination, the gullible who becomes, uh, who is simple, the mocker and, and the fool. They did not respond to wisdom in time for what they are calling here salvation. And now, when they want it, Wisdom responds with judgment. Verse 30. They rejected my advice, paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Wisdom is saying we make a choice for a behavior. At the same time, we are choosing the consequence. Verse 32. For simpletons, they turn away from me toward death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Solomon's saying they just don't care. They're on the path and they just don't care. Now that's the bad news. <laughs> what I'm just now telling you, that is the bad news. But there is good news. It's not all bad. If you are sick of it, and if you are not so far down that path that you cannot hear wisdom trying to call you back, if you can still hear that voice of wisdom, that pool of wisdom right now, this moment, then this verse is for you, verse 33. But all who listen, the only way you can hear the voice is if you're listening. So that means you hear it. If you will listen to me, you'll live in peace, untroubled by the fear of harm. And this morning, here's how I end this. Are you frustrated? Is there something that you are just sick of? Is there something in your life you are just tired of the results? I want you to know this right now. You are not here under the roof of this building meeting with those who call themselves Stuttgart Harvest Church. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because a relative invited you. You are here for a very divine purpose in this moment. Will you take this journey with us over the next five weeks? A journey towards something new. And here's your first step, if you will. 
Well, you read Proverbs chapter 1 every day this week. Well, you read Proverbs chapter 1 every day this week. And that's not all. There's more. And answer this question every day after you read it. Answer this question. Here's the question. It's a big question. What decisions do I keep making over and over and over again, keeping me on the unwise path? What decisions do I make over and over and over again that are keeping me on the unwise path? And I'm going to ask you to be very specific and write those answers down. And they may be a little bit different every day. Read Proverbs chapter 1 every single day and ask that question. What decisions do I keep making over and over again that are keeping me on the unwise path? And be specific. Write it down every day you see if you're going to try something new it's it's like speaking dutch nobody expects you to walk in here speaking dutch unless someone has taught you unless someone sat down with you and taught you how they don't expect you to just know how to go speak dutch The same thing is very true with wisdom. Nobody expects you. God does not expect you to just be wise. He's ready to teach you. Wisdom is ready to teach you. And there's more to it than just learning. In your life right now, in your life, if you feel like that you are out to drift in a jump boat in the, in the middle of an ocean. I'm asking you right now, will you pray to God for Him to teach you and for God to begin to act on your behalf? But I'm going to beg you to pick up the oars and row for shore. Don't let today be for you the start and the end of that journey. I'm asking you to do this. Why don't you commit right now to be part of this series for the next five weeks? For some of you, you've been part of a very clear path, a clear path of your own choosing. And several times a year, maybe you show some respect towards God. Maybe, maybe you show some respect towards God by some things that you say, or maybe a few Facebook posts that you make during the year, you're kind of showing some respect towards God. Or maybe you even attend a church four or five times, a worship gathering like this, a few times during the year. Maybe it's even on a special occasion like today, like Easter. Or maybe for you it's just as a last resort when you get sick of everything and you say, well, I'll try church. But it never really goes beyond just showing some slight respect towards God. Some slight respect shown towards God in some very simple, no cost, didn't cost me anything ways. What we celebrate here this morning 
And really every Sunday at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we celebrate this, that the creator of all chose to become his very creation, one of us, for a purpose. And that was to pay the price for our sin problem that we all have, making a way for each one of us to submit to him and enter into a right relationship with God forever. And this is more than just giving God a finger point. Hey, big guy upstairs, glad you got my back. It's more than just giving God a head nod. I see you. I recognize you. I thank you. It's more than that. It requires that we listen for his voice and we run to him. And we run to his way. This morning, if you're sick of it, the beginning of something new can start right here, right now. The fear of the Lord, Solomon says, is the beginning of this new wise path. If you will take a step back at the, at the holiness of God and then surge forward and chase Him, pursue Him, Him alone. And if you're doing that in your heart right now, if you are submitting your life to the care and the control of Jesus, I'm asking you, will you let me know before you put your connection card into the giving bucket, will you mark that and let me know you're making him the boss of your life right now? Let's pray. Father, you're calling out to us. Your voice of wisdom says, follow me. And so many times we've just turned our back on you and we've walked away. But for some of us, God, for some of us, today is different. Because we are sick of it. We're sick of this path. We're sick of the results. We're sick of what we have brought into our lives. Today, God, for some of us, this is different. We are listening to your voice that's calling us. And we are saying, yes. Yes, Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. We say yes to you. Amen.